Welcome to the Active Day Trader Podcast. Trading made so simple, it will change the way you approach the markets. Now, your host, Jonathan Rose. Um, so welcome, everybody. Uh, this is Jonathan. I'm here with a client and good friend, Todd Gill. Say hi, Todd. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, so this is a... Uh, just got into podcasting. This is going to be my third podcast. And I thought it'd be great to have Todd on because Todd and I have been working together for over a year now. I'm not sure the exact date. Uh, do you remember how you found me? You know what? I really don't. Um, I think it was probably um, it was probably a, an email that said something about bonds. That was probably it. That's what drew you in, though, the bond futures trade? Yeah. Well, okay. yeah, that's, what I, that's how I found you. But, okay, so but for your trading, though, you also trade. You trade options. You trade bond futures. Why don't you, instead of me telling you what you trade, why don't you describe your trading a little bit, talk about kind of when you started, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. Um, right. Most most of what I trade now is um, is options. So um, I'm. Uh, it's sometimes it's generally swing trading. It's longer term. I might touch some of the options that a lot of a lot of other people don't, but just I'm, I'm finding some some value there, and uh, it is working pretty well. Um, I am I am doing a little bit of the um, the bond, some of the bond spreads. I'm you know I'm watching that and um, getting back into doing that. Um, because that was, those are the things that you had uh, that you had uh, shown. Um, that's some things that you teach your clients. Right. So the the bond trade that that just to kind of interject there when Todd's talking about the bond trade, we're talking about trading the yield curve. Not really speculating on direction, but more trading the relative relationships, twos, fives, tens, thirties. Right. So is this something, um, were, you, were you more into the bond trade before? Did you, did you slow down with it? What's kind of your experience been with the bond trade? Well, no, the, the bond trade really has, really has paid off because um, when I first, uh, I first started um, doing it, you know, I, I believe in you know, uh, getting in there. I, I believe in putting some money at risk. Um, when learning something like this, or playing any game where there's, uh, um, you know, there's there's risk involved, and so I, I, even if it's a small small amount, and that's where I want to keep it when I'm when I'm learning a game, I will do of course learn learn to play on a you know paper trading, but as soon as possible I want to get into doing that. Well, I kind of broke broke some rules, and I thought, okay, well there's going to be a great opportunity around the uh, the presidential election, and uh, put on. You know, I just I put on more of a. I was aware of what the risk was, but put on more of a position than I should have, um, and and the thing just it certainly just just went against me. And um, you know, I was saying, well, you know, it's it's a, it's a spread trade, so you know, it's supposed to come back, and spread trades do unless they don't. And so that one just kept going against me, and I just I stayed in it longer than longer than I should have, which I I knew better. I mean, I knew to to cut the loss uh, short. But I didn't, and um, so that just, you know, just just lost uh, more money than I than I wanted to. It wasn't wasn't a, a big loss or anything, but it was like you know psychologically, it 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 just really bothered me. So then I I just focused even more from that point on on risk management. It's like no, I know even if it's a new trade, I know what risk management is. I, I know what it means, and it's always as a percentage of of the account that I'm trading. And so then that really focused my efforts on that um, because for me, I believe what I've learned is that trading consists of two, two main parts, no matter what your approach is, and that's risk management and then finding trades that 
have a the technical term would be a, a high a, a high expected value, but um, that's just where in aggregate all the winners far far outweigh um, all the losers, and you can't do that when your losers are are just as big as your uh, winners or bigger. So, um, but then since uh, with the other work I've done, you know, re regarding um, options and you know, learned uh, some certainly some of the things you've taught about uh, option position management have been very helpful and certainly good for um, confidence building. And then so I've, I've worked that, that all in together and I've had excellent success um, since, basically since, uh, since that time. Um, but, you know, I'm just confident and much more confident in myself regarding uh, risk management from that, uh, that mistake in the bond trade. Well, that's great. You know, it's really tough to say. And just, you know, real quick, are you trading for a living now or are you still trading part-time? I know you're your objective, your goal when we first started was you wanted to trade full-time. Well, yeah, I mean, I want to, I, now, tra trade full-time is, um, that might not be enough words to describe it, but. Trading as your primary in income source, how about that? Exactly. That, that, that covers it. That, that doesn't factor in time. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That, that's very important because, you know, I'm, I, I'm uh, you know, just in any um, trading or any um, business endeavor, you know, whatever is, is, is to help with, uh, with lifestyle. And, you know, I, one thing that's been great, I mean, my, tr my trading is, has been excellent now. And part of it is that I do have other parts of my life that I'm very, you know, very engaged in. And, uh, and this, especially the timing of swing trading, um, you know, I, I can touch it every day if I want, because I can take a look at, you know, obviously I'm tracking the positions, but it seems like right now it's kind of, um, it's like a calm kind of approach and the, the returns are just, just, Excellent this year, and I, I never keep more. I never have more than like my goal is like twenty percent or less of the account, you know, at risk. Like worst case scenario, and I don't mean stops because stops can be blown through, you know. So that's why, um, we, that's why I think you know options are. It's just one of the many advantages of options. Okay, but no, well, I'm not doing it full time. The, the, not my primary. That idea. that's awesome. I want to touch on a lot of things. So the first thing I want to touch on is the bond futures trade after the election got very difficult. And that's what Todd's talking about. Now the bond futures is a great trade, great relative value trade, but when things happen that are unprecedented, who knows what's gonna happen? And the US election was a surprise to most people. And after that, going into the end of the year, liquidity dropped up, dropped quite a bit because it always does at the end of the year. We had the new regime change in the US, which really made those bond spreads kind of tricky. And what I'm gonna do in the show notes is I'm gonna attach a few charts just to show exactly what happened during that time. You know, just so you know, you guys listening can get a good idea of what Todd was talking about. But Todd, when you talked about you know risk management, you know, becoming one of the central parts of your of your trade, it seems to me that the longer you trade and the more success that you have, it's inevitable that you're gonna learn that lesson because the market doesn't play nice. The market's gonna teach you that kind of lesson that once in a while, we're gonna have an unprecedented event like Trump winning office coupled with the end of the year where the market's losing liquidity. So there's not enough really kind of substance in the market to knock everything back to value. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that you said, which is, the coolest thing, and that's what I want to hear more about, trading has been excellent. Talk to me about that. 
what would you say first is the biggest difference between how you're trading now and how you traded two years ago, a year ago, or just sometime before when, when you kind of had a different approach? What, what are the main differences right now? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. Um, one is I've stopped trying to trade volatility, like as in the, like uh, the the VIX. Um, you know, try to trying to uh, predict that, or you know, there's some volatility products which are kind of interesting, but I haven't found a way to trade them yet. And um, uh, yeah, the, the risk management's key. Um, also, um, I'm I'm just way more confident in the way that um, the way that uh, options work and and how they're priced. Um, meaning like what part this is not some scientific thing it's it's about it's it's a very human um endeavor or transaction because it is a market placing um placing a value on you know future volatility of, of something um so this was you know, partially from uh you know being able you know you you being able to answer a bunch of, you know answering questions uh, you know me being a client you know you're uh, very helpful there um and also uh very huge for me was was reading um, reading some books. I'll see the biggest one is like I've always had a doubt on. Um, as, I'm very suspicious of of uh, the bell curve and um, <laughs> things like this. You know, this is a model and this is not reality. And um, you know you just see this. You know, like the reality doesn't match up with with, with anything like that. And then I read uh, the Black Swan, which might have been a little might have been a little late to the party there, but uh, it's a fantastic book. I just loved it. Great book. And, uh, he recommended, um, uh, recommended. it was somewhere else, because I, I just researched, I just looked for what else I could find on, on uh, the Internet and, you know, listened to a couple of interviews and all, but he recommended somewhere uh, a book uh, by the guy that taught him options. I think it was Marty O'Connell. And I read that, and for whatever reason, like, that, the, way he's, the way he described this, like, answer, filled in some blanks for me. Um, I'm talking about O'Connell here. Um, yeah, you know, the, separating the different types of, of volatility, and you know, just really—it's it, the way that, that my mind worked. Maybe the same information has been presented, and I've I've read it, but I just didn't get it the same way. But that plus making thousands of options, trading thousands of options contracts, and managing the trades, um, kind of hit at home. But I, I feel far more confident in that. Um, so you're talking—is it the the business of options, the time-tested principles and practices? That book. That's right, business of options. Awesome. I'm going to leave a link to that as well. You know what? I'm actually going to pick up a copy. I've never, I've never read that. Is it, uh, is it going to be more of like a textbook type type thing, or what kind of read is it? No, I'd say it's, I'd say it's very practical. No, I would say like the, you know, like um, Lawrence McMillan's book, or um, that's that's my favorite book. Okay, the McMillan. So it's something like that. Uh, no, uh, I don't think so. No, it's it's a little more. Um, uh, a little more practical, like for, you know, for, I, I think it's designed to like be a primer for a professional options trader going to trade for a, a firm. But gotcha. So McMillan's book is Options as a Strategic Investment, and when I first learned about that book, you know, just being in the Chicago community, it's a kind of a prerequisite. Whenever you go work for a proprietary firm in Chicago, and you're, it's and they're talking about options. You gotta you gotta read this book. So it's optioned as a strategic investment. So I'll put those links for uh, for people listening. If you just go to the website uh, under show notes, you know I'll make sure that all these links get up. I think it'll be really helpful. Talk to me about being more confident in the trade. Not only like so, I guess I'm just curious like what made you more confident, and I have to assume like 
time and, and just repetition and education. But I guess the real question is, what's the different mindset when you're in a trade now that you're a lot more confident than you were a year ago? You know, what's what goes through your mind? Are, are you able to stay away from the market more? Uh, are you able to add more if it goes against? You know, talk to me about about the difference because I personally think that money management, position management, kind of synonymous, and then just believing in your process is so freaking important um, when you're trading because if you do research and you put on a trade and it goes against you, you know, there's two ways to react. One, oh no, it's going against me. How do I get out? Where can I stop myself out? Or two, wow, I liked it at five. I love it at four. You know, so kind of two different mindsets. And obviously we're trying to get to that second one because we're never going to buy the low. We're never going to sell the high. We're not going to do it. You know, that's not really a sustainable approach to always just look to do that. So we're going to have to take some heat. Positions will go against us. So talk to me about, you know, the different kind of feeling once you get into a trade. Right. Uh, I, I would agree. The um, Having done some research, having done my own research, and, and that is that is pretty extensive um, uh, for me, uh, or I'm, I'm feeling that at this point. Uh, that's very important. Um, but, you know, there's also a side of the, the confidence here for me is also like, what I have found and the, the, what I take out of my research and the way I think things work or the way I have a, you know, it's a belief, I have a, a belief about the way uh, something works or, you know, position management or, or how to manage a portfolio to allow uh, just amazing profits from one trade. Who cares? You know, my goal is not to say I can win every trade. I can learn. I know the way the market works. I, you know, it, it, you could prove pretty pretty easily that that you don't, and, and and no one does, right? Unless there's you know some kind of institutional, you know, whatever, funny business. But um, aside from that, no, something can happen. Uh, even then, that they, they actually they're managing their risk too. Um, but something else that that you know, for me, one of those uh, points is, and this might I know this goes different to the way you want people to work in a prop firm trading relative value trades or anything like that. Um, for me, I, I have a belief that um, that there are trends because of important reasons. Basically, you know, this, this big, big oil tanker trying to turn—it's not going to turn on a dime. You know, they can't just get rid of their positions. So somebody has—they have to do a, you know, they're trying to accumulate or, or distribute whatever it is. So there's going to be a trend, and so then if you can use that trend, then you can use options already are self-compounding depending on which which you buy if you're not afraid to purchase volatility by buying it out of the money option um, it's not always the best move sometimes it, it's a fantastic move and uh, but beyond that compound that so if if my thesis is there's a trend I, I get into the trend I put on a position it, it, it compounds I mean the, an option it, you know some of my trades are a good number of them actually have gone from, you know, gone up, you know, 500%. And then if I take, you know, for me, it's like, well, I could just let it ride and then there's massive compounding. And then I could also, what I've done is something else. I'll say, okay, I want to keep, you know, even though I have, I have this big winner and now I have more risk on. So why don't I take, I could close out the position. I could roll the position. I could compound the position. If I first put on, you know, say one unit, but that could mean 10 contracts, 100 contracts, whatever. But if you do one unit and it goes up 500%, you can take pro literally profits off the table and then compound, uh, you know, put on two units, put on three units, you know, repeat the thing. And, you know, if you're more aggressive, you could, could let it ride. But 
I mean, the mathematics of that is that, uh, you know, as, as you've said to people, uh, you know, you've, I've heard you say this to clients, you know, it's okay to make a ton of money off one trade. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It sounds so weird, <laughs> right? It sounds so weird, but it, people are afraid to make a lot of money on one trade. And that's, and, and I mean, I kind of get it psychologically because, you know, a lot of people maybe haven't made money in a little bit. So then a trade's up and they want to lock that in right away. You know, the great thing about really learning position management and getting comfortable with that, I like to manage my position in a way where you could take off money, lock in profit, but you're still adding risk. So I think that's what you're talking about, about rolling up your risk. Um, but I really, once I have a trade that's working, I want to annihilate it. I want to kind of, you know, beat the, you know, bleep out of them with that one trade. So I'll get really, really confident, especially if I can play with the, with the house of money. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people talk about trends and I, I kind of go back and forth about, about trends. And especially when I'm talking to like a big audience and I talk about trends, that's where I can come off as skeptical because what what does a trend mean, right? I mean, you can look at a trend as a five minute, a 15 minute, a 60 minute, you know, there's all these different time frames that you could use. So having like a real definition for a trend, just to me, it seems very, very subjective. But what I do, and you see me do it in, in the bonds, specifically right now, the five-year future contract, is I'll only sell that thing. So what I do is when it goes up, I'm going to sell it. When it comes down, I'm going to take off a little piece. So I'll sell, you know, three units. When it comes off, I'll buy one unit. If it rallies again, I'll sell two units. So now I'll have a core position of four. If it comes off, I'll buy one back. So I'm slowly building my position because I want to be able to, once it really starts working, I just want to get out of the way. And I want to go find something else to worry about and let that thing work. Right. No. By getting out of the way, you mean you've built up a bigger position and you're going to just let it run its course? It, it, don't stare at it. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. You know, try to find something else to do. Find some other things to do because I know that's okay, especially if, I've able, if I'm able to, to lock in profit as I'm doing that by scalping around. Then I just want it to work. Yeah. You no, know, I've, I've played with that. I mean, for me, it, it seems that, okay, first of all, on the, on the topic of trend, I think that's quite valid and all those bars look the same right no matter whether you're where you're scaled at are you on a tick chart are you on a one minute or they're going to look about the same and if you believe you can find a pattern in each one of those you're going to trade a trend on a five minute more, more power to you maybe maybe someone does that for me that, that doesn't work for me so yeah my, my definition of a trend would be I mean look it, it's just the it's just the effect of a massive accumulation that is more than the market can bear because the price keeps going higher or it goes lower for some period of time. I mean, yeah, so, yeah the, I guess you could really define it, but I mean, it's not necessarily meant to be coded, but I mean, more or less you'd look at the chart from across the room and well, it seems to be going up <laughs> um, or seems to be going down, just something like that. But it doesn't need to go very far. At least this is, this is my belief and this is the way I trade, um, that it, it doesn't really need to go very far um, for you to just make, uh, just just really massive, massive returns. Um, if you use, you know, you have risk management. You're, you're doing a small amount, but that if you're risking, if you're risking, uh, I don't know, one percent, two percent of your account, and it compounds five times by five hundred percent, it it changes the value of your account substantially. 
um, if you can get out of the way. And so for me, if I keep looking at it, I, I, just all kinds of, you know, with trading, it's just so emotional. Um, you know, just there's a lot of, so I, I mean, you get more experience, you get more awareness of it, I suppose. Maybe you can control it better. But, um, I mean, for me, where, where, where I'm at, I don't, I, I see the, the profits, you know, uh, going, it goes my way one day, and then, oh, it starts going off, and, oh, am I so worried? You know, just deep, deep down, like maybe some kind of uh, subconscious inner baby or something, like, oh, no, it's going to go away. Um, but if, if I just don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I've already set up my risk. I know my time frame for the things. Like, no, look, over the next, I expect this over, the, this is a 30-day trade or a 60-day trade. It's doing great. So, you know, what kind of profits do I have? And then just go do something else. Like, Good for I, you. If I sit there and watch it, I'm going to, I'm going to just... You're going to do something. You're going to... Yeah, you're going to do something. You're going to you're gonna try to rescue yourself. Yeah. So, right. You need something to do. Right. Especially especially in the markets, it, it could... I mean, that's just asking for trouble. We used to joke around that, uh, you know, there's no reason to, to trade just because your business card says trader. It's okay to sit there and not trade. And I always found the people or the traders who could shift gears the best... And sometimes that gear stays in neutral or in park because there's nothing to do. But you do want the ammo when those special levels present because, again, we don't always sell the high and always buy the low. So I'm a big fan of even if something as straightforward as just buying stock, if I want to buy 3,000 shares, I'm, la I'm, I'm laddering into it. I don't just get all, all in at the, same, at the same price. I want to work into it. I want to work out of it. I want to finance the position and see if I can build into something. That's always what I'm what I'm looking to get. Mm -hmm. So, you so you've been trading for how many years now? <laughs> um, I mean, I first did an options trade uh, probably um, I don't know thirteen years ago, something like that. Um, but I have you know I traded my first e mini contract probably uh, six years ago, and you know first treasury contract shortly thereafter, and then. Um, you know, uh, futures options in the last three years and uh, uh, great opportunities there as well. So, so I've traded a lot, uh, just, you know, just far more over the last um, five years or six years um, than, the re than the rest. That's the only time that really counts. But, uh, you know, certainly, you know. For perspective, so a lot of clients, I always talk, I talk to a lot, a lot of people and, and, and we've talked a lot and you've always asked great questions about, uh, kind of like the inner workings of the market. You know, we had a, a long talk about uh, short interest and hard to borrow stocks. And you know, you're you're a smart guy. You're, you always want to figure things out, and you want them to make sense to you. But maybe it could help. You know, people listening. How long did it really take when you, when you really focused on trading and getting better and figuring this out and just knowing that you can make it work? You just need to figure out. You know. A, a path for you to go is it is it fair to say that this is your best year you've ever had oh this year yeah um oh uh oh yeah without without question yeah that that that's awesome <laughs> no first first of many i mean that's we and i always tell people and it's hard you want to tread water tread water tread water until you get it and then you swim and that's why i always want people to don't lose money while you're learning. And I know you said, you know, you're not a big fan of paper trading. As long as you could trade an amount that's not going to really, you know, bring you down or make it emotional because you want to separate yourself. You just want to play the game. But how, how long do you think it really took you until 
you got to, you know, this year where you started feeling really comfortable? Wow. I mean, you know, I've, I've read I, all that time that I wasn't trading very much because I just had other, um, <laughs> other pressing um, activities in my life, other very important things, just starting a family, uh, running a business, you know, all, all kinds of things. Um, I would spend just so much time uh, reading, and I've read all the Market Wizards books, um, uh, you know, things that uh, spin off of that. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a long time. I would say it's, a, I don't know, a decade of training or something like that. Um, Probably, and then you know, five years of, of really well trading much more. Not for not being full time, not going in every day, and having a you know whatever advanced trader taking me under their wing, and like we're going to go out and um, make a market or something. You know, like I, it's it's not that. This is a different kind of trade. So I mean, it takes. I put a lot of effort into it, a lot of time. How about this? Without without naming names, just for perspective, how many different educators? on the like internet kind of guru educators have you have you wanted to learn from or tried to learn from oh yeah you know we were you I thought you were going to ask that and I did and I just like took an inventory and let's see you know if yeah share whatever you like about about that experience because that's what people do they go around bouncing around trying to find someone is there any kind of advice that you give people who are who are searching, you know, going from one guy to the next guy to the next guy, and I'm, I'm absolutely not setting this up by saying, no, no, all right, Todd, here's, here's the Jonathan plug. Um, more so, I just want to, you know, if you look back on it, is there something that you might have done differently? Maybe um, for, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it first, you know, the Lawrence McMillan options book. I would read that before going to any educator, read that, get that foundation, and never buy anything that you can Google, right? If you can just Google it, and if someone's just teaching about the Greeks, you don't you don't need that from someone. Just make sure that you're getting practical knowledge. I would think is the biggest benefit. But you know this industry on the retail side way more than I do. So if you could touch on that, you know, anything you're willing to share, I think would be really really great value. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people have recommended that Macmillan book, and I mean, in fact, the first time, one of the first thing, it's one of the first books I ever heard recommended. It's like, okay, great, I'll go out and buy it. I mean. I've, had on my bookshelf ever since I first traded options. I think um, it's a great reference, you know. Um, but for I mean, for me, it didn't. There's a lot more to talk about besides you know the way a butterfly works or you know the way a, you know in any of the spreads or, or you know what does they call what does they put. Um, you know, there's and that's great and it's very. I just didn't see the the strategic side of it so much, even despite the name of the investment or uh, the name of the book. But um, no, I. I've gotten something from from these uh, from people. I mean, like in some cases, you know, like guys, someone might not know how to trade, right? And but they know enough about something, and they're trying to start some, you know, education business on it. Great, and charge a little bit of money. But you know, if I picked up something from it that I never saw anywhere else, and I didn't, I didn't quite get it before. You know, I I got my got my money's worth, and I would say with most people, I you know, I I did. Um, there are only a couple. A couple things that are just really not so good, and sometimes there's a uh, just a blatant conflict of interest between the uh, educator <laughs> um, being a broker and um, right. teaching people. I, I, you know, that's just that's just common sense. But but that's such a good mindset because you're going into it where you're not expecting to take over the world. You're not expecting this to be the game changer. You know, if if you can get a good solid nugget that you can use to improve your performance and your education, I mean that that's a win. 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, I one of the first one of the first any sort of training that I had had to do with just identifying. Look, you know, you. I, I guess it it has to do with questioning your beliefs. I suppose in in some ways, it's like, well, is that true? Because a lot of times people say you can really. You know, that's a much bigger topic, right? But you know, there's your perception versus. I don't know if there's you know, reality, but you know there's you know the idea of a, a belief that hurts you or a belief that can help you and um, I, like I said before you know like I, I don't need to prove that I know how the market works I think many people emotionally um, do in, in some ways and that could be because it's painful to have a loss and so you're looking for the way that's going to be the secret to never have a loss and uh, and if someone speaks really confidently about it some educator you know like people kind of flock to that and uh, you know, I, I know, or I, I believe, I should say, before before I got much of any education that, you know, that that's that's the case. And so there could be there's different ways to make um, ways to make money, different approaches, different opinions of why something works. But um, you know, that's why I what's so interesting about like you know, the market wizards and all that. This guy's trying to find well, what's common between these people? You know, what's the same? And you know, for me, that's. The two that I mentioned, you know, is risk management and getting, you know, excellent returns um, for your trades. You know, your, your winning trades must be, must be much bigger in the aggregate than your losing trades. Also common sense, right? But uh, um, then how are you going to do that? Then that's all the details. And I think everybody looks at those details and might, might not have the context um, that they need to be successful. It's interesting that you, that you talked about, you know, people, sounded like, you know, people being, being stubborn almost. Yeah. And and I when I'm looking for traders, when I'm looking to back people, the number one thing that I want before any education, you know, any any background is can they admit fault? Are they going to come in and be stubborn and sit there and argue with every little thing, or do they want to learn? Are they open to a new approach where you know there, there's a lot of people who want to come in and you know talk about exactly how they've approached the market the last five years, but yet they haven't made money. So, you know, maybe we should, you know, be open. And, and you see that a lot because, I, you know, there's always the status thing where people want to feel like they're, they're, they're smart and, and, they, and they get it. But trading's not really so much about, about being smart. It's about being open, being open, being honest with yourself. If something's working, be curious, dig deeper. And if something's not working and you, it doesn't pass the SNP test, just get rid of it. Just just stop. So I always yeah, think um, that's that's a, a big thing for for traders. Prove it to yourself that you can make it work. Be be humble. Um, so Todd, I, I want to kind of won't keep you too long. I, I want one more thing, and if you if you can describe it, this, this would be great. Great year! Congratulations! I'm I'm thrilled for you. I know I've heard about some of your trades. I think Lumber Liquidators was the last one, maybe YRCW in there. Can, can you can you talk about one of the best trades that you've had this year, whatever the name is, and uh, just so you know, what got you into it? You know, just a, a just an estimate of, of where you got in and, and where you got out, and you know, did it feel like the research was rewarded? Do you feel like you know, it got a little lucky, which we always say luck is the residue of good design. You know, what what happened? Now, if you just talk about that, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that. You know, I think it, it is worth actually looking at the details of some of them just for myself and also because, uh, 
you know, to illustrate some of these concepts. I'm probably going to put it up. I've uh, just started up a, a blog because sometimes these uh, these things are too complicated to blog. You know, it's just an easy way to there you plug, go. Yeah, plug plug away. We'll we'll put the link in the show notes. Sure, sure, and it's it's pretty raw right now, but um, yeah, it's it's called the Trader's Journey. Cool. I'm gonna I'll, um, I'll put the link. Cool. Um, so yeah, then I appreciate that. So the uh, so this one I, I don't even remember. Do you know? I think I found this because we I had we had a, a register in our in our house. We just at the at the time. Well, yeah, we had a register. Um, that's, you know, like where the air conditioning and heating comes out of uh, in the uh, in our hardwood floors, and I wasn't sure where where we got it. And then I did some research, and I think I even called the original owner of the house and uh, asked where they had it, and it was lumber liquidators, and I went and got my vent and everything. I think as I was searching, I think I found some some story about a lumber, and you know, it said that 60 Minutes ran some expose or something on, on a, that they had dangerous levels of formaldehyde in their, uh, in their flooring, and so they just they, thing, and like the stock plunged from like, I don't know what it was, like 140 down to like 10. I remember, I remember the expose. I'm, I'm, okay, so I absolutely remember that. Well, I, I, see, I, I didn't see it at all. Um, but I, you know, so the stock had already fallen at that point, and I was just I was, February twenty third, two thousand fifteen. The stock goes from seventy down to twenty five. <laughs> and when, where was what was the high? Well, the the high at the end of two thousand fourteen was one twenty, but yeah. before the story, it was seventy, and then you know it, it was the laminate flooring that they were getting from China. Which was uh, I thought it was it was asbestos, asbestos. I oh I thought they said uh, um I thought they said formaldehyde. As, as my wife would say. Uh, Either way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I do not make I want to I want to be clear I don't make it a habit to go like trying to predict um I, I I don't generally trade you know news stories but that was so specific and and seemed like okay. You know, and I was reading a little about what was happening with it, and they were they were doing everything they could, and and it was like the state of California too, which is just so awful, right? Or not not awful, the right word. They're they're very green, right? Uh, but you know, that the, their regulations are are pretty strict. Right? All those people who just went the trader's journey, all those Californians, just kind of yeah, right. xed out. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, edit that out. Okay. No, they are very strict about their regulations. Yeah, absolutely. Citizenry, right? Okay. Well, it got on to the point where they were they were starting to do it, you know, starting to to test and you know do their investigation. And and I said, okay, look, I'm I, the 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 world can't work like this. Like we're not going to put people out of business for something that's not really a threat. I mean, it's not like people were falling through the floors into the sub basements and dying, you know, or the floor was exploding when they stepped on it. It's nothing like that. It's like you know maybe dangerous levels of formaldehyde somewhere deep in the woods. Like, okay, great, great. Well, the state of California basically absolved them of it, and the stock was still really depressed. And uh, they said, no, this is going to gain steam, and then, like, they, they might. If they can shake off one, they're going to shake off all of them. And I just made a little a little bet on that. So I just I just put a little bit of um, money. I think it was, like, at 13 or something along there. Like I said, I'll, I'll, I can post the trades. But... Um, you know, just just purchase some uh, there I think I got like the seventeens or something like long dated i was I, I think I got like either the january nineteens or the january eighteen did you cover 
Yeah, so I, 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 <laughs> I did it. The thing ended up going to um, oh, it, it dropped down, and I was still. I, I think I purchased some more, and I don't usually I don't usually add to losers, um, but but I I believe I did there, if I recall. But anyway, the the, ended up the stock um, you know the, the stock went up quite a bit, so the the options go from sixty cents to three bucks or something like that. Um, and then I, I believe I, I took some of the, the, the money off, and then I ended up buying like much more at a, at a higher price, saying like, okay, well, let's see if it can keep going. Just like we talked about earlier, roll, roll it into a, another trade. That's right, but I, but I increased my size. I, I, um, you know, I scaled in to the trade uh, while also taking some of the money off because I didn't, even though the, the options went up five times. So if I buy the 60 cent out of the money, um, and, and they go to three bucks, I don't then all of a sudden buy, buy five times as ma- the, the same amount um, at, the, at the next strike out. You know, so maybe I bought, maybe I went to three times the amount. So I, I think I might have tripled my size. Um, but anyway, then the thing, you know, it kept going and I'm still convinced because for me, talk about that trend, I just see the two, just I'm trying to keep it simple. Look at, I'm looking at two big points on the trades. So like 70, right? Okay, long shot, 70. Well, yeah, it was a long shot. So 38 or wherever it's at now is was a long shot from when it was at eight, right? Right. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that? Those price points tend to be big magnets, right? Um, in some cases. Right now, lumber liquidators is, is trading just over 38 dollars, and you were in the 17 calls out to January 2019. You got it for 60 cents. You were in there. Yeah, it was something like that. But I didn't just sit on them, right? I, like I said, because then I got like the 22s and then the 28s, and all the while I'm buying more. I'm buying more and taking profits off the table. So even if the thing goes completely against me, I still am going to make. I still keep some of my profits. But if it goes with me, I make you know nonlinear profits. So that's that's that intrigued me when I first learned about um, options. And so it's like it's a long road though between like, huh, it can work that way. <laughs> To, to getting to where it works that way, and I have the confidence to, you know, to risk money and then to, to scale in and, and, and all that. So. so right now, if you would have fallen asleep for a while, those 13s are worth $26. So your, you know, <laughs> yeah. your $600 investment for a 10 lot would be 26000 Yeah, yeah. That's not bad, right? That's like a, good, re- a good return. Right, but okay now, so then look <laughs> at each point along the way what your risk is. Because then I would be, I would be right now instead of risking six hundred dollars, I'd be risking twenty six thousand dollars to keep that trade open. But, now, you know. as it rallied, how did you did you sell stock, or did you just get out of the position? Um, I did a number of things. Um, in, in one case, I think I, I think I mentioned it to you too. It's like, okay, great. I couldn't short all that. I, I I couldn't short this, so instead I just put on a synthetic and covered it for the weekend. That's awesome. Um, it was great for like for like fifteen bucks. You know? So so when Todd says dollars like total total cost. So when Todd says he puts on a synthetic, that could mean a lot of things. But when you're long calls, and if you sell stock, you're actually making that long call. It's a long put. It's got the same risk reward of a long put. So that's how you can synthetically move your position around. Yeah, yeah. I think in this case, what it was was I I put on a I just had the long calls and. Um, I couldn't, yeah, since I couldn't short it, I, right, right. Yeah, exactly, same thing. Um, Which is cool. I mean, that, that's, that's a big advantage once option traders, you know, start to realize, you know, put it in quotes and be a little punny, the options that they have because that's, that's a big deal. You can't short stocks, so you figured out a way that you didn't have to take that risk over the weekend. Those little things add up. 
Oh, absolutely. So that's 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 awesome. So so do you still have exposure in uh, lumber liquidators? I do, but you know, since my um, you know my main trading account is uh, I think it's at a hundred eighty percent year to date in profit. You know. 180% profit and uh, retirement like 200. I even I you know this this really put myself put myself on the spot here because I figured um, you know I I offered to to trade uh, some for my mom and uh, and you know also I'm married so my wife is uh, very keenly observing whatever I do so I figured you know that's going to be good because I'll I'll be I'll explain the risk I will show that look. You know, we're not going to risk more than ever. You know, you're not going to risk more than, you know, I'm really conservative uh, for for hers. You know, like you know, never more than 10 percent. And uh, but I've just showed her the math. Showed her the you know risk profiles. Like, look, if you are 100 percent invested in stock, you are. I mean, whatever the probability is, it's still 100 percent risk, right? You know, relative to dollars. Uh, and but you know if there's if you're if, if there's let's say there's long options, um, that's the most you can possibly lose. And we never go over that. The percentage, and then she's seen the incredible return. So hers, hers also up like something like that, 150 percent. She's just thrilled. But I figured if I could, if I could trade my mother's money and my wife's money, um, then I, I'll, I'll be doing okay. You know, if I can get through that, you know, because I know it's this is a performance art in in some ways. So, so just just to repeat that, because that's, I mean, honestly, that just makes my day hearing that. So you have 180 percent on your normal account, 200 percent in your retirement account. And the, mon- the money that you're managing for your mom, you're up 160% on? Right. Year to date. I feel like a bad, a bad kid that I'm, not, that I'm not trading my mom's money. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I told her, she would tell me, like, you know, oh, this is doing great. I, I love this. And I said, okay, it doesn't always work this way. <laughs> you know, it might, you know, we might have a drawdown. It's just amazing. And, and I, bet, I, I bet it feels... At the same, if not way better, the performance of your mom's account than the performance of your account that you can do that for somebody else. Yeah, it, it's definitely adding to um, adding to my uh, confidence. For sure. Good for you. That, I mean, that's that's a dream, right? To be able to do that not only for yourself but to do it for someone else. So, congratulations! Uh, you're doing everything right. You know, the, the the coolest thing, even with those returns, like me, do you feel like you're a high risk trader? Oh, absolutely not. No, right? But you're still up 200%. That's what a lot of people don't understand about the markets. Educate yourself. Learn about the foundation of options. And you can make a 200% return, and you're not a high-risk trader. That's right. Uh, you, could, you could prove it. You could pull up that account and, and do a, some kind of risk analysis on it and check it out. But when you see mostly sitting in cash, and then if you see mostly sitting in cash and then mostly uh, long options or – or, or spread limited risk, then you can literally define the risk. No, that's maximum risk. just fantastic. Um, so let's let's leave it there, Todd. That that was awesome. We kind of started talking, wasn't sure which direction it was going to go, but uh, I, I loved hearing your story. I mean, it sounds like you know you're you're definitely on the on the right path with with your trading and, and integrating it with your lifestyle. So I'm I'm thrilled for you. And the most excited thing I am. I mean, mom's accounts up 160 percent. You know, make my mom happy, everybody could be happy. I guess we need to make our wives happy. But otherwise, that, that's, that's just unbelievable. So congratulations, and, and Todd, thanks so much for, uh, for your time, man. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, buddy. Um, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you soon. And thank you, everybody, for, for joining. That's going to be Podcast 003.
Thanks a lot. You've been listening to the Active Day Trader Podcast with Jonathan Rose. Trading made so simple, it will change the way you approach the markets. Tune in again next time.